on this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans Secondary Storylines. Cornerback safeties. What are we looking out for? Cody, I guess we can go ahead and start the show today. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss storylines. But before we do, i got to tell you guys about some important information. Texans has placed defensive end Jordan Jenkins, safety Tristan McCullum, and Tegan Quintoriano on the PUP list, all of those players can be activated at any time. Uh, I think this is for Jordan Jenkins and Quintoriano. Those are two guys that, you know, I think they have an opportunity to really be a part of uh, the Texans rotations at their positions. When we look at DN uh, and also when we look at the tight end position with, with the rookie Tegan Quintoriano safety McCullum, you know, he's a guy that we're going to talk about the safety storylines a little bit. You know, starting off training camp on the PUP, that may hinder any success that he may possibly have. But that is some important news before we go into storylines. And also, Thursday, tomorrow <laughs> is Friday. And on tomorrow, Cody will be out there at training camp. But the Houston Texans, as a whole, officially start training camp. The rest of the league has already kind of started and. Hmm. All of our locked on colleagues have been having a lot of fun throughout the week as their teams have been showing up and having a good time and getting better at practice during OTA and OTAs at training camp. And so we are actually finally able in the next 48 hours, uh, 24 hours to get a part, uh, to get inside of that action and just have a good old time, Cody. But when we look at these storylines for the cornerback group. Of course, Derek Stingley, I think, is the headline of that group, the rookie drafted third overall. By the way, the NFL official Twitter page uh, tweeted who's going to be the rookie of the year. And Derek Stingley was not on that list. <laughs> and he's a top three overall pick, so whatever. But what are your storylines for this cornerback group? The guy that you just mentioned right now. And there's a reason why he wasn't on that list, John, listeners and viewers. Once again, I believe in the next year, two, maybe three at most, he will have his name as being one of the best defensive backs in the league. I do believe that Derek Stinley do have an opportunity to have a very successful career. However, let's rewind back a little bit. Rookie minicamp, Derek Stinley did not do much. Voluntary OTAs. Derek Stanley did not do much. Mandatory minicamp, 11 on 11, 7 on 7s. Derek Stanley did not do too much. This is a guy who has only played, what, a total of 10 games over the last two seasons. We know last year he only played three games before he went down with that terrible foot injury. Had my guy Cole Thompson on on Monday. He talked about how, how, how fragile it is for every single player who had this foot injury, how, how devastating it is for almost every single player to bounce back from it. And day one, starting tomorrow, 
I'm going to be looking at Derek Stingley to see, one, how he's moving. Two, is he healthy? Because at the end of the day, John, listeners and viewers, and John, you know, you could attest to this as well. I have been saying this ever since they won a rookie minicamp. I am a little bit concerned about Derek Stingley going into his rookie season because we have not seen much of him. Yes, I understand it. Rookie minicamp, voluntary OTAs, mandatory minicamp. It isn't the same as training camp. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who was the top overall pick in the 2022 draft for the Houston Texans. This is a guy throughout the whole entire draft. We were sitting here talking about a Sauce Gardner or Derek Stinley. Us here on the show, we really wanted a Sauce Gardner. We got Derek Stinley. And, and look, Derek Stinley is a damn good contingency plan. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit concerning saying that, look, this is a guy I have watched that practice ever since what? Um, the beginning um, towards the middle of May, and I have not seen him really touch the field at all. So that is by far the number one storyline that I will be looking at in terms of when training camp get kicked off on Friday. Yeah, I, I think one of the you know impactful parts of the cornerback storyline is the number two cornerback, right? Hmm. And, and how Houston is going to kind of position the ladder for cornerbacks. Who's going to be a corner that they trust in, in short down situations. Desmond King presumably will be the slot cornerback. How often will they trust him to be out on that field? Well, we look at Steven Nelson, they signed in the offseason. Tavier Thomas is a guy who was here last year, uh, was one of the best in terms of PFF grade, and he had a very good year. One of the best cornerbacks in the league. And, and PFF, those numbers – at times can be very uh, – kind of can mis misconstrue your, your thought process about how you judge a player. But the fact is, Tavia Thomas had a very decent year for Houston, played for Levy Smith already, has a year under Levy Smith in, that, in, 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 in his system. The question is, what type of system is Levy Smith actually going to run this upcoming season with the hmm. different types of players. And when we look at a Steven Nelson, a Tavier Thomas, those are the two cornerbacks that I think will really battle it out in training camp. Fabian Monroe, I think, is, is, is a player Houston brought in. Excuse me. I think that he will be one of those rotational cornerbacks. And I think that the role, at least as of right now, for Desmond King will kind of stay the same as slot cornerback. But when we look at Tavier Thomas and, and, and when we also look at uh, Steven Nelson, those two cornerbacks are, I think, they, they both have an opportunity to control their own destiny heading into training camp. And also, I, I want to look at Tremont Smith. How much will he be involved this upcoming year? Will Houston keep him on their roster? Will he be one of those, sorry, we like you, we may want to keep you around on a practice squad type of players, uh, or we have, may have to let you go, can't cut you on a 53-man roster. Uh, but I think that he also had a very decent year for Houston, considering this wasn't a spectacular cornerback group to start with. So mm. uh, number two, CB2 is going to be very interesting to see. And even when we look at CB1, we're saying it's going to be Derek Stingley. Lovey Smith to say it's going to be Derek Stingley. But how long will it take him to kind of, you know, finally get 100% healthy, get acclimated to the NFL game, and, and get used to going up against number ones day in, day out? which is something that we haven't seen from him consistently in the last couple of years due to injuries, COVID year, and whatever you may have. 
And before moving on, I do want to say this in terms of cornerback number two. John, I'm also wondering if whoever wins number two, whether it be Thomas, Nelson, Nelson, or Thomas, I'm wondering will we see a decline in production in one of those guys who end up being CB3? Because CB3, that's a guy that's going to be looked at as a reserve more for situational purposes. And we all know how good Tavier Thomas was for the Houston Texans last year. And Steven Nelson, this is a guy who has started every single game since 2018. And everywhere he has been, he has left some type type of of impact impact. on the secondary. So I'm also going to be very interested to see if, look, unfortunately, uh, look, and at the end of the day, Darius Stingley is definitely going to be a starter. But whoever falls down to CB number three, will that kind of hinder their play? And I'm going to say this. I think Steven Nelson is going to win that CB2 job. Mm. I really do. And when we look at number three for Tavia Thomas, that may be the best role for him. We're not going to see you out there as much. You won't play as many snaps as you may have liked. You know, not you, Cody, but Tavia Thomas may likes. But if the Texans limit how much you're out there and you're still successful, then now we look at this defense having an impact player because you're doing your job when you're out there and you're limiting the success for the opposing offense, which is always a good thing. If you haven't tried the Bill Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's already a new flavor. Are you ready? A delicious, indulging cookie dough covered in 100% chocolate. That's right. Built Bar has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% chocolates. You might as well go ahead and run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It would always be a perfect treat, or you can really kind of find yourself hiding in one of those places in your home and kind of hoard them and save them for all yourself. Save them all for yourself. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at build.com. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. I know you guys are excited. We are almost at training camp. And I know you guys are excited. 24 hours away. I know you guys are excited because you are able to overreact. (laughs) Uh, You know, this is why you have to love the fan base of what of the team that you're covering, but me being actually in Houston, it makes it a whole lot better. Uh, there has been moments where I'm out maybe at a bar or maybe there's been times a group of us have agreed to meet up at a place and there is no other fans that overreact like Houston fans. And uh, I-, I love it. So you guys are going to be able to see those clips that maybe Cody will post on Twitter or, your favorite beat reporter will post on Twitter of drop passes or uh, executed passes or uh, interceptions from Derek Singley. You guys are going to, you know, at everybody, mention everybody and overreact or underreact, but it's going to be a glorious time. I'll tell you that, Cody, we have to talk about the safety group. And I think the hottest name with that safety group, second round pick, Jalen Petrie, uh, after in the offseason losing Justin Reed, you look at another year of Eric Murray. You look at another year of Jonathan Owens, who, by the way, showed growth last season. Uh, I think when we look at this safety group, there is still an unknown there. Terrence Brooks is still here in Houston. Mm. 
MJ Stewart, who they brought in throughout the uh, offseason, mentioned Jonathan Owens, uh, Petrie, Eric Murray. There, I think the uncertainty is which of these guys can really separate themselves from the next guy. Uh, 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 you got a young guy, got Vince. I don't see a guy in this safety room that is just crazy talented that you have to start day one due to his time in the NFL. We love Jalen Petrie. We think Jalen Petrie can do a lot of different things, and I kind of compare his game to Honey Badger when Honey Badger was really good in the NFL because of there's so many different ways on the football field you can utilize his strengths and make plays. You can make plays that way, but outside of the excitement that we have, and we may be overreacting, for Jalen Petrie, the veterans on this roster or some of the year three guys, none of those players just knock you out your socks. And so for Houston, coaching is going to be important. Of course, training camp is going to be important to figure out which one of these guys actually makes sense to start opposite one another come day one. Preseason is August 13th against the Saints. That's a very important day for you to mark your calendar down. I'll tell you that. Yeah, John, and I'm looking at this um, safety group in two different ways. One, I want to know how are the Texans rebuilding this safety group by losing the best safety that they had over the last, what, four or five seasons? That's, of course, Justin Reed. And I say that because as great as Justin Reed was for the Texans, this safety core might have been one of the weakest position groups Possibly since the departure of Honey Badger, and that was in, what, 2018, I want to say, or 2019, you know, because he only played here one year. And outside of Justin Reed, he was the only consistency that this whole entire safety group had. And we all remember, I mean, you had the Eric Murray experience last year. That was the Lonnie Johnson experience. Um, And then towards the end of last year, and this is another storyline that I'm looking at, is Jonathan Owens. This is a guy who has been a part of this organization for, what, two to three seasons now. But towards the end of last season, he finally started to get some consistent snaps. And we started to see some promise. We started to see some growth. As a matter of fact, I believe he played somewhere in the ballpark of, what, I think it was five, four or five games prior to missing the, the, the last two games of the season due to an ankle injury. And he played pretty good, had about 20 tackles, had a fumble, re- had a um, fumble recovery, had an interception. Like he finally showed some growth and some potential in making a name for himself. I would like to know, is he going to have an opportunity to build off the success that he had last year prior to his ankle injury? And like I've just mentioned, how is this safety core going to move forward without Justin Reed? Yes, there's a lot of promise in Jelly Petrie. I believe that's another guy I believe that's going to have a damn good career. In probably the next two years, that's another guy we're going to be talking about. Is he one of the top defensive backs in the league? However, he's a rookie. It's going to take some time. We're going to have to lower our expectations for at least the first half of the season because, like all rookies, they need time to develop. They need time to find their niche in the NFL. That's what I'm mostly – those two intangibles that I just mentioned is what I'm definitely looking at in terms of the safety group going into training camp. Any chance Gary Wallow goes back to play safety for Houston? Or am I he just can't. Rigid, he rigid can't. Right now? He can't. And remember, yesterday I mentioned him part of that linebacking core playing the Sam. Right. 
So yeah. and, and if that happens, John, I will be disappointed because now it seems like they were they are reverting back to last year Texans to where we're just gonna throw this up against the wall and just hope it stick. Yeah, no, nah, if I was just joking around, as you guys know, uh, Gary Rallo plays some safety uh, before coming back, coming down to play linebacker. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. this is going to be one of the interesting storylines of how Lovey Smith is going to, you know, I'm just going to play out with Lovey Smith as a head coach now because the guys that we mentioned, Eric Murray here last year, Terrence Brooks here last year, Jonathan Owens here last year, right? So, you were the defensive coordinator for those players. You saw growth from the young guy in Jonathan Owens. He got about 36% of the snaps last year. We saw him play well, only allowed 52 yards on the season, played in seven games, started in two. You also know you have the veteran in Terrence Brooks. And so for Lovey, well, again, said he's going to take on the, um, the job of calling these plays, you know, hmm. How I want to know how important it is for him to have a, a a starter starter, or will they play more so of a week by week, team by team? Your strengths may be better for this team compared to uh, maybe a team that we we may have played two weeks ago. I don't think that'll be the case, but he does have a very difficult job ahead of him because they they addressed it in the draft, the safety position, but they didn't get anybody in, in free agency that was like, oh, wow, I can see him being very successful in Houston. They did like MJ Stewart, played for the Browns last season, uh, and so we'll see what his role is going to be for the Houston Texans as well in training camp once it kicks off on Friday. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast, our national NFL experts, and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Cody, really quick, Gary Kubiak walks into a bar. Bill O'Brien walks into a bar. Dom Capers walks into a bar. David Cully walks into a bar. Who gets a drink first and who gets a drink thrown in their face first? I'm going with, of course, you got to give Gary Kubiak the the drink first. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you, if I got to pick, you got to throw a drink in somebody's face. It got to be Bill O.B. Bill O.B. Got to be. All right. And, and okay. if somebody say David Cully, I would say it's because of Bill O.B.'s action is the reason why we had to sit through David Cully for you. I was shocked because <laughs> I thought she was going to say maybe David Cully would get a drink first. Because he is, I, just I was so, thinking that I was thinking that guy. one off like when you had an opportunity to talk to him outside of you know press conferences and stuff where he's more relaxed, one of the nicest guys that you can ever meet. Um, but at the same time, you gotta respect as of right now the best coach in franchise history, which is Gary Kubiak. Is he? I think he's the most successful. Co well, technically, no, the not. most successful coach it's is Bill O'Brien in terms of winning percentage. Yeah, he's the best head coach in. Uh, no, in no, Texas no, history. no, no. You can't go because of winning percentage. Because when you take a look at the Rockets, Mike D'Antoni has the highest winning percentage, but we all know Rudy T is the best coach in franchise history, and it's the same thing with the Texans. And you know, 
when when I go back and I take a look at Gary Kubiak, injuries hurt his tenure here. Bill O'Brien himself hurt his time here, yeah. especially when he took on a role as general manager too. De facto, <laughs> GM de facto. The 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 entity himself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, sure. but you know. To close out this Thursday installment of Locked on Texans, once again, by the time you guys hear this, we will be officially less than 24 hours away from the start of training camp. Really quick, just so you guys know, training camp starts at 8 a.m. Friday morning. At 7.30 a.m., we will have an opportunity to hear from Nick Casario, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have an opportunity to get a better version of Nick Casario because he doesn't have to talk about a guy that used to wear number four here in the city of Houston. But with all that being said, the last storyline, the last position group, the last unit that I want us to touch on really quick is – the um, special teams unit and John listeners and viewers, the one theme that I'm looking at that I saw the Texans flirt around with doing voluntary OTAs and mandatory mini camp was Marlon Mack. I don't know if, if, if it was because there were certain players who wasn't practicing at the time, but Marlon Mack, there was experimenting with him being a in rotation for a kickoff return. When you hear that, John, and this is the long storyline that I'm looking at in terms of special teams, do you think that's a good idea to have Marlon Mack being a part of the kickoff return crew? No, no. Uh, I think Marlon Mack is a player who uh, he's paid his dues in the NFL as a running back, Uh, Mm -hmm. also has some injury history. You didn't bring him in to be a kick returner. You brought him in to run the ball. And so there are so many different factors. Uh, on kick on special teams that you just can't really factor in, and I, I would hate to see Marlon Mack go down, God forbid, on a kick return uh, mm. when somebody else could have been back there. I like Philip Dorsett for a possible return guy this year, maybe Fabian Monroe. Uh, Philip Dorsett is one of those players that he does a good job for himself because he's he's, he's a speedy guy, because he can play the slot, and um. You know, maybe you'll be able to put him in a return game as well to pick up a couple extra 20 yards whenever you can. So I, I, don't, I don't like Marlon Mack out there as a kick returner at all. That's my opinion and preference. I'd rather see him along with Damian Pierce just toting that rock, trying to pick up four and a half, 4.7 yards per carry for this Texan offense. And thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast. Find us on YouTube. Like, share, comment under the Locked On Texan name. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And follow the Locked On Texan Twitter page at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. This is the last off-season day. Season starts tomorrow. Cabo starts. Uh, <laughs> honeymoon, guys. Uh, you guys are mm. married. I got my ring right here. I got my rockets. The two things I love the most. Right there. Man. And I'll be. Here we go. New season. Thank you for rocking with us again. We got some great things in store for you guys. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen.
Peace.